You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me always is my good friend, Jay from the hills of Texas. Yeah, this is Mike from AK. <laughs> there you go. We got Mike and Jay with us. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. It's 2018. Woo-hoo. Where did 2017 go? Uh, I'm looking at my rearview mirror. I don't see it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gone. It, it's gone. I can't believe it, man. Time is just zipping. The older I get, the faster time just zips by. My kid was telling me the other day that he's at the age that I was when I was looking at guys like me and going, wow, those guys are old, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because our kids are now to that age where, you know, I I remember when I was in my twenties and I'm looking at my dad going, wow, my dad's old. Now it's, now I'm the guy that's old. So anyway, it's kind of crazy. Well, that's weird. I never really thought that about my dad. Yeah. Well, maybe you weren't 20. Did you just come out of the womb like 35 or 50 (laughs) or whatever? Maybe he was always old. I mean, just always old. (laughs) Maybe so. Right? You may have saw, you may have seen him that way. Although I don't look, you know, my father now is in his seventies. I don't look at my dad and think he's old now. He looks a lot younger to me than seventy. But, um, but either way, it's it's crazy. Two thousand eighteen's in front of us. We'll just go from there. Any any big plans for two thousand eighteen? We've got the electric festival coming up uh, next month in February. We will all be able to be uh, there for that. We're going to do a live podcast. What else? We got anything? Um, uh, World peace coming up. What is it? World, World peace. peace. Uh, you know, the little know. green things on your dinner plate, world peace. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about the best yeah. we could do. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, we were going to try to do an interview with some guys down here in Texas who make a few wings. I think that's uh, in the in the works as well. Very true. Yep. I think we are going to go talk to those guys. I'm going to try to plan another trip down this year, at least one or two. And I understand, Mike, you might be able to uh, get some other trips down here too. I think we'll uh, try to get more clubs. I know we did last year towards the end of the season, we did more interviews and talked to some of the flying clubs. And I think that's a great way to uh, get some exposure. So hopefully we'll have the opportunity to do that again, if we travel around and we'll get Mike to do some traveling here. Uh, I think we're, uh, we got a new Facebook page that's out. So everybody um, will have to jump on that and give us some comments on the Facebook. I think it's probably going to be easier than jumping on the website. So that'll be new for us this year. Season three, hard to believe Uh, time has just zipped by. It's uh, been crazy. Hopefully good uh, good adventures this year for uh, the Park Flyer podcast. I know there's probably new planes coming on the horizon. Everybody got their Christmas gifts, and now you know now we're out there flying them and, and having a good time. So uh, that'll be good. Well, today's episode is uh, on winter flying. I know last season we tried to grab Mike for that, and he was uh, out traveling. Now that we have a you know spare moment and he's sitting down, that uh, we can talk to him a little bit about winter flying because it's still winter in Alaska. Very much so. Um, I know preparation, uh, some of the preparation that I go through for my winter flying is to put, you know, socks on and <laughs> some shorts and maybe a little a little heavier shirt. I may go from a t-shirt to actually a long sleeve shirt or maybe. Do you actually like wear long long pants? I mean, do you even get to the um, point where you know, I I don't think I get to the point where I have to wear long pants wow. unless I run out unless I run out of shorts and the laundry didn't get done then I have to put on my jeans but oh no you you wore them last yeah. year when I was down there cuz it rained ah uh, that's true and in the winter time if it rains it does get a little chilly so yeah probably uh probably warm on my pants then but yeah unless I'm going to work I usually am in shorts and a t-shirt well well Levi Strauss isn't making money off of you <laughs> none zero <laughs> I think you made one pair of jeans, maybe. In 20 uh, years. Poor guy. That's true. Actually, I probably had the same jeans for 20 years. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that, may be, that may explain the stiffness in the jeans. I don't know. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, do, they don't get used as often as they should. So well, my shorts, I, I go through those things, man. I, I, I prepare for winter. But obviously in, in uh, Alaska, you're not wearing shorts. No, I'm not. Um, but I, I have a question for Jay. So, Jay, yeah. you've transitioned from Alaska to Texas. Yeah. And so what's so what's it like winter flying in Alaska? I mean, in Texas, what 
How, how does it differ in your mind? Um, well, one, it's it's the the weird part about it is the seasons are all mixed up for me, right? Because I'm still stuck in Alaska mode. So you know, it's here. It's January, and to me, I'm thinking, oh, indoor flying. You can't go outside. It's just weird. So, you know, when I got down here, I was all excited because every day was a bluebird day. It was beautiful. It was great. You could go out flying because anything above 50 degrees, you know, I have a low standard. So it was, it was a terrific day to go out. And then the summer hit. And then it was like I'd run outside and go, oh, I want to go flying today. Got to go flying. I'd run outside. And then I'd come back in screaming and rolling, dropping and rolling on the ground because I was burning. Um, so it just seems so weird to me that I'd wake up and there would be these gorgeous days, but I couldn't go outside. It was just too hot. It's above a hundred degrees. I, I, it was freaking me out because it's summer and you know, summer in Alaska, it's go, 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 go. Cause you have to, you know, use up as many days as you could. And then all of a sudden you come down here and lose that summer. The time I think I should be flying was more of, I would hide and like try to build planes or get my room together. It just seemed weird, and now it's the total opposite. So we're up in Alaska. We'd be building planes or thinking about what we're going to be planning for the new year. Down here, it's like you're out flying, enjoying yourself. It's, uh, you know, it ranges anywhere from 50 degrees to 70. So once again, it's just perfect weather to be out flying. You know, that's we, we love to fly during that time or to have a 70-degree day. And like I said, they happen down here in Texas, every, you know, Every other day or so, you'll have a nice seventy degree day. It will pop, you know, pop up, and you're just out there and whip out a t shirt. And my mom's like, "Put some clothes on." And I'm like, "Why? This it's beautiful out here." So it's just it's just weird. You probably have to deal with the the pop up thunderstorms and that kind of thing too, because Texas is famous yeah, for that. I, like Arizona, we don't really. Ha- I mean, it, it can be almost two months before I ever saw a cloud. Right. Well, it, I mean, the entire I, I guess summer because it doesn't bother me because, like I said, my standard is a lot lower. So where people would go, oh, it's too windy to fly, and AK Mike can attest to this. You know, for us, it would be like, hey, it's it's not snowing, it's not doing something, it's maybe drizzling or it's just really overcast. Hey, it's 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 a great day. Let's go out and fly. You know, you would just go if you could get out and fly, and it wasn't too cold or it wasn't raining, it was a flyable day. My wow. standards way low. Where I notice people out the field or wherever, if it's a little windy or it's a little not you know, overcast or it's a little too cold. You know, I'm making quotes. You guys can't see this too cold for them. <laughs> I, know, I know our listeners can't see yeah, it. His fingers are in the air going, quote, yeah, quote, yeah. quote. So uh, they're, how they're, are we they're supposed like, to know? Uh, you know, I'm like, wow, what a great day to fly. And nobody's out there. So it's just, it, it, I'm just trying to get used to it. Well, with so, so many good days of flying too, it's, it's probably to the point where it's like, well, you don't have to go out when there's a good day. Right. I mean, you could wait till tomorrow because it's I probably going to be a good day tomorrow, I guess tomorrow I'm still too. stuck in that, that Alaska mentality. You know, it's a good day. Why waste it? Uh-huh. Well, and that's my that's my problem, actually, because, the, the, you know, it's 365 days of great weather flying. And unlike Jay, I'm kind of used to the, you know, the hell mode. So where it's nice and hot and there is a performance issue and your batteries don't last quite as long when it's a million degrees out. But. You know, you're right. It is. I, I should be out flying every single day because the weather's great. It's not like you guys where you're looking outside just going, man, if I could just get out of the house one minute, half of me is like, oh, it's so hot outside. I don't want to fly today. Or it, I should be. And, you know, we try to fly. Basically, my group flies every Tuesday, uh, almost 365 days a year. Right. So, well, I, I can't think unless unless we're all out of town uh, for one reason or another and nobody's going to show, then we have had one or two Tuesdays where you know, everybody was traveling because they're retired. You know, most of the guys retired and they were all traveling. And so I was like, you know, it's going to be me and one other guy. Uh, I got other stuff I can, I can do today. So we'll skip it. Or if I was at work and then there was only going to be one or two guys there, they may say, yeah, forget it. But we can literally fly almost all year round here in Arizona. Oh, so just before the holidays last year, uh, I had a chance to go out. They had a fun fly uh, with our club. When I was out there, I thought I started talking to him, you know, kind of, like I was visiting at a, a club that I've never been to before, I decided to talk to them about different things that happened to them or like like winter flying stories. So I'll, I'll share a little bit of that today um, yeah. as we go along. But but I, when we went out there, it was it was 30 degrees, which is actually nice uh, in the winter. Uh, 30 was, degrees Celsius? 
30, no, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. No, no, not 30 degrees. Oh, Thank I, you. I, it's a good question. No, it's a good yeah. question. So it's 30 degrees. So the good news about that is it's 30. The bad news about that is that means that there's good chance that the roads will be icy or really crappy. That's uh, true. Unfor- I mean, fortunately enough, uh, that that day, I I it wasn't bad. The roads weren't too bad. There was some ice on like side roads, but uh, where I drove, it was mostly highway uh, miles, and they had sand it, so so it wasn't a big deal. So that's the problem with good weather, right? In in the winter right. time, is it yeah. could be all about ice. Uh, you could get out there and it'd be fine, but then it rains while you're out there, and then you got to go back. It's like oh. so ha- half the battle of flying in the wintertime is just getting to the field. Right. Yeah, it has sure. nothing to do with flying. It's 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 the precarious travel on on the highways going to the field. I think Jay and I have known each other probably four or five years now, maybe three or four years now. And the, at first, I would go out like in any kind of weather. I mean, I didn't care. I was out right. there all the time. And then after a while, and maybe it's just age that got me here. I, I just won't go out if it's below, if it's twenty degrees or below. Because it just doesn't make sense to be out there in that right. kind of temperature. Does Except, your radio even work at twenty to below? Oh, oh yeah, it, it does. Works. It does. Your you got to you got to so, care so for good, it though. But... <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah you got to care for it in terms of like you know in between plane runs you got to leave it in your car or put it in the in the <laughs> in the shack. You got to build a fire and stick it over by the fire. Well, well, speaking of that, so our our site um, we actually have a wood stove that some people put together. And they have it in the shed, which is really, really nice. Let me tell you, you're out flying and you come in and you get a cup of hot chocolate or whatever. And about six or eight of you can be in there at one time. So you got to kick someone out. It's your out, turn maybe, to fly, and, Jay. Get out uh, of the time's up. Get out of the go, shed. Yeah, go fly. Yeah, if you're going to be here, go fly. That's pretty good. You know, with the goggles and stuff for FPV flying, you could probably fly <laughs> from the shed. That's a good idea. You, know, you probably could. Yeah. Then you would never have to leave the shed. You could just say, hey, can you carry it? When you go out to fly, can exactly. you just set my FPV airplane on the ground? No, just open yeah, the door. Exactly. Just throw it like a Frisbee. Just throw it yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, that would violate some AMA oh, rules, yeah, that's, so we don't really good. do that. It's yeah. unsafe. It, you know, you could. It's possible. Saying, you know, a guy could try that. It's possible. So one of the things I did when I first went out, to, you talked about getting ready for winter flying. One of the things I did to get ready for winter flying was I had a really good friend, Jay, and he bought oh. me these socks. Now, you're like, socks? What's so big deal about socks? Well, they had a little battery compartment. You could put a D-sized battery in the socks, and they would warm up. And, man, was wait, that Wait, fantastic. you put a D-sized battery in your you. sock? Didn't that hurt? Were you able to put your shoes on yeah, with, well, with a D-sized battery rolling around in your sock? No, no. It's on your ankle, right? It's, oh, it's, it's above your boot line. You didn't shove it in your shoe. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're wool socks, right. too, so that's even better, right? So they're... Wool socks, and you got your, you know, you got your, uh, uh, yeah, your bunny boots on or whatever. But you turn on that was fantastic. And then after I did, after that, I was like, well, there's got to be something you can get for your hands. And guess Thermo what? Gloves. There is thermo gloves. Yeah, in fact, actually, I, that's the only one I've really been able to find that I think is usable because they're thin enough. You could put other gloves over top of them if you want to, but also thin enough to fly with so that you don't, you know, lose the radio. And so uh, you'd use the thermal gloves, and, and that, that's kind of nice. I've been using those for winter flying and got some – put those batteries in, and they, and now, they stay you, heated up you, for you, a good, good like while. Like most Americans, you just couldn't leave it alone, right? You, you had to modify them. Well, I wouldn't say I modified it, but I, did, I didn't think that the price for the batteries that they offered was reasonable. I decided to try to figure out how to get some replacement batteries, and I looked around – on the internet to try to find replacement batteries. Right. But I really, it was really kind of hard to find single cell 2700. So I would have had to make my own batteries. And so I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I'll keep trying. Finally, I, I was thinking about looking online and we had been talking about the, the nano talent that I have and how people were making batteries out of 18650 batteries for that nano talent. And those and are like, the batteries well, that people, gosh, that, that go in your, uh, your laptop or a vape things like, or your vape. Actually, a vaping, yeah, a vaping machine right. is where I got mine. And so I just happened upon that idea. I think someone referenced it in RC Group somewhere or something. They said, "Oh yeah, I went to the vape shop and bought these batteries." I was like, "Well, great, because that's what I'll do." I looked for them, you know, like on the internet, just trying to find out where they might be in Alaska. I couldn't find anybody that had them until someone made that reference to the vape shop. But once I figured that out, I went and got 
those batteries and I made some batteries to fit in those gloves. So now I have two sets of batteries. So that's awesome. So they work, can have so, hours so basically hours of- they're they're poly batteries, but they're they're round, they're hard. Um, and so how do they last? How, how do they work out? And you and you charge them just with uh, charger that you use for your lipos, or what, how are you charging them, or what what are you doing? Yes, that's what I used. I used the chart the lipo charger that came with the gloves. Oh, um, I I found I was able to find out online that those batteries. I don't think they're lipos. They're different. They're lithium ion and oh, not yeah, lithium, lithium polymer. Ion. Okay, yeah. yes, that's true. Yeah. But the glove batteries are lithium polymer. There was a concern I had about the charger not being able to charge it or breaking the batteries. But it turns out from what I could discover online it won't ruin the batteries because they can be charged up to the point as the same as the lipoly and not and have a that's problem. actually a really good problem. idea right so now you have a harder battery that that lasts longer right because you got more milliamps out of out of these batteries right no now. Uh, i think these are well these were 33s i guess you're probably right uh but the amperage is lower i think so i'm gonna have to get better batteries next time the one i ones i bought had a low amperage draw mm-hmm. But I'll, if I'll get the, another set of better ones, and I, I don't think I'll have that trouble. They are bigger in that sense. The, Do they the interfere with your flying? I mean, the batteries, are they on the back? Yeah, they are the, the gloves. Batter, I mean, the batteries are not in the gloves, right? They're like out on the outside of the gloves? Yeah, they're, they're, like no, no, they're in the gloves. Put them in? Oh, okay. A little zipper but they don't pocket, interfere yeah. with your ability to move your stick. The, the one bad thing is the material they're made out of is kind of slippery on the radio. But right. I wear a strap. Uh, I don't have to worry about losing it. But occasionally, you know, I have, I do have some trouble. For the most part, it's just a matter of getting used to it, right? Because if you're used to actually have a direct touch and then to have a glove in between your fingers and the yeah. stick is kind of weird. I fly with leather gloves. Oh, yeah. Those are true. even thicker. And I, can, and I can fly fine with that. I just recently moved to pinch control right. instead of thumb control. And that's better. That's better because if I lose the stick, it doesn't yeah, go as crazy. Go. I have more chance of recovery or now, quicker recovery. Now, I know Jay had a wing bag or wing bag. I know you had a transmitter bag. Uh, do you have one of those as well? Right. Yeah. I still have a bag. And like Mike was saying, I for me, I'm a pinch guy. When I had to wear gloves, I just I hated it. Even though I was pinching, I still I hated that I, I didn't have that tactile, tactile feel on my fingers when I was trying to fly. So what I would normally do is I take my gloves off, fly for a bit, then, you know, land and, you know, put my gloves back on and that just wasn't working. And I, so I found this company where they were making this warm, uh, warm transmitter bag. Basically it was just a, you know, transmitter bag that covered the transmitter. You put your hands in there that had cuffs on, you know, it kind of had like cuffs on the end of gloves or mittens. So it was tight around your wrists. So, you know, wind and stuff couldn't blow in there. It had a clear plastic top. So you could see your transmitter and, you know, if you were changing things on it, um, it had a place if you wanted to just hold it or if you wanted to put your strap through it, you put your strap your, around your neck through this little hole and link onto your radio. But there, there still had a problem. And that was, like Mike was saying, you know, I normally could go out to 16, 15 degrees. That was about my limit. You still, your hands would still get cold in these things. So what I ended up doing was I found, I saw a link on RC groups. Guys were kind of talking about this and what they were doing was they were taking from RC cars. They have a battery powered tire warmer and I guess they like to warm their tires up for yeah, when they're racing. That sounds funny, but I know that they do that in the real world too. So yeah, it's this, it's basically the same as like electric gloves or, or your electric socks. It's basically this material, but it's flat, big enough to, to hold the, the, the tire. You wrap it around, it has a Velcro strap on the on the back of it, so it can wrap around itself and, you know, go off. And then it has a little knob for turning on what temperature. Basically, I just took a 2-volt, um, or not 2-volt, a, a 2S battery, LiPo battery. I would put it inside my, my glove. Uh, this thing, since the, the liner of my bag was kind of that feltish or type material so the velcro would stick to that so i would just take that battery liner thing and line the inside of the bag you know my hands didn't actually touch it and then once i plugged plugged my battery this you know and i would use a tired old 2 2s you know battery and i would just throw that in there one that wasn't good enough to fly the plane was perfect for warming having that warm warm the uh the bag up it worked awesome what could i say i, w- I would just go ahead and use that uh, in fact it would get too hot so i had to like i said mess with the rheostat so that I can get the, the temperature dialed in. 
The only problem with it was, you know, I didn't know what voltage was going on with my battery. So I got one of those battery alarm, you know, it's for two cell or three cell. People use them in their quads to let, to let people know that the battery was getting low. So I would just put one of those, attach one of those to it as well. So that way I would know if the battery was getting low and I had to go ahead and recharge it. So that's what I ended up doing. Lo and behold, it, it worked really well. Really liked it. Um, the only problem I did have with my bag, everything you know, said and told, was then I had to get planes that I that I couldn't you know I couldn't throw them. So if I had a plane I had to throw, I couldn't use it. So I had to go out with very specific planes that either had wheels or skis, or I had somebody that was there that was going to throw the plane for me because it was very awkward and hard to throw the to throw the plane and then try to get my hand back into the bag before something happened. So you obviously flew off of skis then. Like I said, I, I have a couple of planes that would be off of skis. And I had a couple of planes that, like some of my float planes, you know, I just take them off of floats. Uh-huh. Or, you know, or like my Polaris type plane, you know, I could just take it off the snow. So that was that was awesome. So I have a question, Mike, uh, for you. Um, you know, Jay talked about this bag. If you put those warmed gloves in the bag, will it heat up the bag? No, it it probably wouldn't. It's not really enough. It's only three volts, right? So it's not really enough. So it just keeps your hands warm. Yeah, Jay's is two S, so so that's going to be a little warmer. That's why it heats up the back. But mine's no, the wattage isn't nearly enough that it needs to be in order to would do that. But uh, I didn't like the bag. I tried. Jay let me try his uh-huh. bag, and I didn't like it because I felt trapped in there. Not that I needed to get my hands, you know, to scratch my head or something. <laughs> but I got you know, an itch. Jay, I, I can you scratch my nose? Uh, yeah, you can't scratch your nose in the bag. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I just didn't like it. I felt trapped. The, the one thing someone brought up about using a bag like that that I thought was interesting, Jay's bag was a different one, so I don't think he had that kind of trouble. I guess the guy said that he had the bag, and then while he was using it, maybe because he uses body English like someone else on this <laughs> podcast does. We won't uh, mention any names, but his initials that, are Alaska We won't Mike. mention any names. Mike Barcelou. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually turned the motor off. He killed he the throttle cut. He accidentally hit the throttle cut. And so luckily he said he was, you know, quite a ways up in the air. He realized what had happened, but it was like random stuff happening to your switches while you're flying. It's probably not a good thing. Um, For me, that's just about fear, right? Because there's ways to solve that by making it uh, maybe a wire thing that would hold it out, or, you know, so it's not. It's what's away from the radio. There are probably solutions for right. that. Well, I, I never had that problem per se about it hitting the, the end of the bag or inside the bag. But I will say that when you're holding the radio and you start flipping the switches when you when it's not in the bag, you know, it's kind of natural to reach for the buttons. It was very confining or constricted when you had it in the bag. You, you just couldn't just normally – it was uh-huh. a little awkward to hit all the switches. Uh-huh. Not, not that you couldn't do it. It was just, it was just weird. I was thinking maybe you could um, no, you could take like a um, an outhouse and like cut like just like you do for fishing uh, ice fishing Jay you have the uh, a little hut you could you could like cut a window out of the outhouse and then you could just well, be inside well, the outhouse remember, and fly, oh, actually, walk, I guess looking out the window I'd fly with Pete uh, we did that uh, not now house but it's called a car oh <laughs> well but but see with that well you could use with, a car the outhouse you could actually move to, it on right? the flight line with a car you're not really supposed to move uh, it on the yeah. flight line. See? <laughs> True. <laughs> You're not supposed to, but you drove out anyway. Actually, I was thinking about you know the uh, what was that space show with the Robert the, the little robot guy with the clear Lost in belt? Space. Lost yeah, in Space, Lost in yeah, space. the Lost in Space. I was thinking about getting like one of those little spacesuits with a glass bubble over your head. Then you could see at least 360 degrees if you just cut a window. Out, silence can, or something. Right? That's right. Well, but you you can only see that two dimensionally out the window. You know, you don't want to fly. Then you're just flying back and forth. If you got over your head or out, you know, a little too high, you'd have to like lean out and see it. But right. So, right. Mike, you're. Uh, I guess now you're still. You can fly to like three in the morning now, right? The sun kind of just swirls around up in the air. Or? But are, are, are you sure you know what you're talking about there, Mike? Because it's Alaska. It's January. Oh, so it's then it's January. like it's like de- it's like night all the time up there. Well, uh, yeah, the sun's still setting at around three thirty-four, I guess, and it comes up around ten oh. or something. When does it? I mean, so what? I, I, I thought I was up in there. When does, is that in the summertime? When it's all when the the sun's up on. Do you remember wearing a long sleeve shirt, Mike? Uh, you know, I was in Alaska. I don't know. I, I went up there. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's all I, all <laughs> I own is shorts and a t-shirt. So I, 
I was probably right. wearing so, that up there. So my point is, is you probably wouldn't recognize you were wearing a heavy coat or yeah, something. That's true. I and, didn't and you would have noticed. So, but your night, your your, your, your night, night flying plane will work great here. Okay, that right? makes so, sense. Yeah, break out that walrus yeah. and take it up to Alaska. So exactly. it's dark all the time exactly. up there now. You get like two hours of windows of go fly. That, that plane is perfect for flying in the winter time. Alaska, Mike, you you have a Bixler. And those are fun, fun to fly off the snow. I, I don't, I don't fly that one as much off the snow, although I can. I, I, I don't, I do land it on the snow. I barely land it. That one I usually hand toss off, but I can and have taken it off from the ground. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Oh yeah, because it has the motor up top, right? It's got a, a elevated motor. Well, and, and as we talked about in the Christmas special, um, uh, that that skipper at uh, the Dragonfly mm-hmm. that I have, that's an awesome plane for the snow because one, if it's virgin snow and nobody's been on it. It makes really great grooves in the snow when you take off. That's pretty cool. Like you could be in an inch of snow or two inches of snow. It doesn't care. Really? It just goes and plows right through. It stays on top. It's light enough. It doesn't sink down. That is awesome. Uh, I love flying that thing in the snow. That's a great plane for that. Now, is crashing in the snow as bad as like here in Arizona? If I hit the ground, it's pretty much devastating. The airplane is shattered. But, you know, I mean, let's say that you had two feet of fresh powder. Could you actually land or, or flop the airplane in there? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't come straight down full power. It'd probably still damage the airplane. But do you do you mess the airplanes up as much in the wintertime as you would, say, in the summer? My crashes are usually pretty spectacular, so it's hard for me to give you that kind of a of a mindset. You know, like I have a, um, I have an F three Hellcat that I was also flying back before the holidays. One of the things I like about that plane is is it's a belly lander, so it's kind of neat, right? Mm-hmm. Except for I don't have a cowl anymore, so all the snow goes inside. Belly landed, it, it collects snow from the front side. That's okay. The other thing is it's kind of interesting about that plane. It's because the way it's painted, it's got that overcast cloud look on the bottom. Oh, and then yeah. the top is uh, sort of a different blue. I don't know what color blue it is, but it's a different blue. Fine when you've got it turned like you're making a turn because you can see the top of the wing. But as soon as you flatten that bad boy out and it's overcast above you like where'd it yeah, go it disappears you you don't have a very good profile yeah. on the gray yeah gray skies no, no it's it's hard to tell so you got orange planes are good right yellow planes are good uh for for the yeah, anything for fluorescent yeah that was one of yeah, the things when i went up good. and flew with jay i noticed that a lot of his airplanes had fluorescent type colors they're orange or you know yellow or some some something that's really bright that contrasts unlike i think mike had an airplane that you had one that was like all white right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you try to I go find this. I think my phone plays are all white, and I don't typically put colors the on them right. because I'm lazy more than anything. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I think you're talking about uh, Phoenix 2000. I think was pretty white. That was white. I, I do remember when I came up there that we had to put some color to that because that thing was just there was no way you were flying that thing in the snow. And I am loving that new colors. Honestly, that is way better way to fly that yeah. thing. Let me tell you, you. Can see it. You can see which way it's going. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't get very good thermal. So, flying gliders up there is not a, not an option, right? No, I I think that's a mistake. Really? Uh, that's a myth. Why is that a myth? Uh, we we get, well, we get good thermals up. I mean, there's heat there. Yeah. I mean, uh, that the, when thermals, you have to realize it's thermals just relative heat, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be. 100 degree heat. That's true. It just has to be relative yep. to whatever the ground surface is. So, right. <clears throat> You're not going to spec it out into, you know, the clouds. <laughs> the clouds are low they're, anyway, they're right? They're very weak, weak thermals. Right. And, and, and since there's so many pine right. trees up there, all you have to do is get a, a somewhere where you get a color differential, uh, you know, difference. So you have the green, the, uh, the evergreen, you know, pine trees compared to the white snow. Yeah. You're not getting any lift off that snow, but you get over the pine trees. And they're giving you a little bit of you're getting some warmth off there. It ain't a lot. Like I said, you're not going to spec yeah. you're not going to spec a bird out there in the wintertime, but you will get a little bit of weak lift. It's not a lot, but you'll get a little. Right, just enough yeah. to to stay airborne, I guess, or some, you know, to get yeah, to give exactly. it a, at least you're flying it. So, well, yeah. Now, now that you guys have kind of talked about all the stuff outside, there are options for you guys indoors as well, right? Yeah, we do. There's a couple of uh, uh, middle schools that let uh, that we can rent indoor flying. So a lot of 3D flying goes on. Uh, more more as as time goes by, you see more and more quads and FPV gear. That seems to be pretty heavy. I still have some micros that I fly. So yeah, that that's that's actually a good amount of the time we spend 
waiting for the sun to come back, mm-hmm. uh, he would spend indoors. I was going to say, Jay, you had – actually, I think I got you an indoor flyer, like a Twisted Hobbies wing or something. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I never flew it indoors because I left You know, soon after I got that plane. I flew it – mainly I flew it outdoors, but mm-hmm. yeah, you could – Easily fly that one indoors, and it, and it was a good plane because it was EPP. And I will tell you, you know, indoor flying once again, it's all it's it's different. And when you're flying, you go, "Wow, can I fly in a gym? Can I can I do this?" And then you start flying, you go, "Oh, okay, you know, relatively this plane's small and the gym's kind of big. Yeah, I, I can fly it in here." It got really popular uh, up there for us. It really caught on, and a lot. I mean, a lot of guys would show up, <laughs> and it would be pretty darn crowded, and we'd be flying all sorts of planes, and then people would bring in like <laughs> and- their you know, 3D twisted right. hobby type gear. And, and, and some guys would have like full size planes, you know, but they're 3D planes, but they're made out of like two inch or two millimeter Depron, you know, and they'd fly those things in there, but they're like right. full size, but they fly like uber slow. They would stay in the middle doing, you know, 3D stuff. And then people would be zipping around on the outside. So it got a little, cra- it got a little crazy sometimes. And there was quite a few mishaps. So once right. again, that could be good, bad, you know, depending on the mishap, but it, it always inevitably would happen. Somebody would just would buy a brand new e-flight something or another, you know, plane. And let's say it was some fancy three plane and, and it was made out of like, you know, air and the guy would bring it out and everybody's like, Ooh, ah, man, you paid, you know, that's an expensive model. And he'd go out and fly. And then somebody would come along with this, you know, brick like, <laughs> you know, indoor plane and just go plowing into it. <laughs> uh, I don't like that story, Jay. I don't, well, I don't think you should well, tell this about wasn't me. about you per se. I mean, it happened to me as well too. And I, uh, you know, I had a few planes myself. Like one of my planes, I had a little cub. I had this little cub that I had, and it was really nice because it was, you know, had flaps, it had everything, and, and this little micro. And the problem that the, the part that sucked was it wasn't that somebody hit me in the air. It, it wasn't anything like that. I was sitting on the ground talking to somebody. I was just, I had landed and I was just talking to somebody. Everybody had to go through cycles. Everybody would be charging their batteries and flying at the same time. It was just one other guy who was up there flying. Nobody else was flying. I'm on the ground. Everybody else is kind of, you know, charging their batteries. He lost control or something happened. Had the whole gym floor, you you know, we figured, oh, chances of him hitting me, thousand percent. He's going to hit me. Bow. Hit my plane, just smashed it all up. I was just like, oh, come on. I can't believe it. Hit it. Hit it, smack on, that's you know, brutal. busted up the tail. That's brutal. Uh, you know, that's right. I left in the huff. I was, I no wonder you left Alaska. At least everybody was good natured. I mean, I could see, you know, you, you kind of, right. you know, you get a little mad, but you go, okay. You know, I kind of hit that other dude the other time or I kind of clipped somebody, you know, you just got to kind of, it was, you know, that's my turn. Okay. You know, just let it go. And and that was a good thing. I never saw anybody get into any arguments or fights over hitting another guy's plane. The whole time we were up there, Mike, I, I don't remember anybody getting shout matches or what what do you guys what do you guys feel should be like the indoor etiquette like if if you clip a guy's plane chew up the tail should you pay for it or should you not i mean i i think i just feel guilty enough that i would pay for it because that's me but um i i was already say i think for the most part i i can't speak for everybody but i know when i was up there and if i caused the damage i would just i would replace the guy's tail or i'd re, you know get the, the part first so he could replace it because it wasn't all expensive 10 bucks you know right yeah i, I agree yeah. i well, think i think if i was if I was the one that caused it, you know, but, but then again, if I'm flying and I'm doing my little thing on my corner and the guy is out of control and comes zipping through my area and, you know, and I clipped him because of that. Once again, I think I would have to say, mm, is that my fault? Or, yeah. For the most part, people knew, you know, you could yeah. tell the guys who were in control or guy lost control or he wasn't but paying attention. I'm, if, if he lost know. control or if he did something on his behalf that caused him to fly into my airplane and I chewed it up, I don't know if I'd be so no. you, you, quick like to I said, jump on Guys were pretty say, good hey, about it. You know, yeah. the other guy didn't know if he was out of control yeah. or he was he hit you as opposed to the damage you did to him. You know, it, 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 it got all figured out. Yeah, that's for me, that's a different story because I'm made in people's airplanes, so... I have to be very cautious. I'm, otherwise, I'd be broke. You know, I'd be buying all these guys' airplanes because uh, so, things do go wrong. They're coming out with all those micro airplanes anyway. They're indoor flyers. I mean, I have one. It's a little Pitts S1. I know Jay has a couple of jets that we've flown around uh, when I was up there last time. And those are all indoor flyers, and they're fun, well, fun to I'll do. Well, I'll say indoors. one thing. Okay, and, so there's different indoor flyers. I mean, um, those particular planes, yes, you can fly them indoors, but it helps to have a bigger indoors. You know what I'm saying? 
So we were True. flying in the gym mainly, you know, like a little middle school gym. Those some some of the other planes we were just talking about, the Cubs and those style planes and stuff worked fine. The jets or like your your plane, Mike, we had an actual hangar. And I don't think I ever took you out to the hangar, but on the air base, I was able to get permission that we could fly in an old like B-52 hangar. They had tr- they converted half of it into a like an indoor gym and they. Yeah, and the other oh, half, yeah, we went we there. Were, we were allowed to fly in, and that was great because it was huge. Therefore, was guys great. could bring like the jet models, and they could you know rip and roar in there, and right. they had no problem. I mean, you could fly it indoors, but I mean, it, you, it was constant like turn, 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 turn. You know, <laughs> in the middle school gym, that's all you're just pulling back on the stick. <laughs> you're watching NASCAR. <laughs> well, one of my favorite planes to fly in the gym is the Vapor. Oh yes, because. Yeah, it's just like cellophane and, and a motor, uh, and you just it just floats around. It's kind of nice and docile, except for when you got 3D flyers and you got all this other stuff around you. You're like, oh, oh. you know, it's all it's, it's all fear based flying. It's like good thing that you can you, good thing you can fly that thing hands off for multiple seconds at a time because you know otherwise you'd be crazy because you know it, it, all the other activity that's going on. But I remember when we first started in there. A lot of people were flying. We yes. had three or four vapors. We had vapor races, and that was awesome. Yeah, because you know it's hard to get those things to, uh, you know, they don't go fast in the first place. So it's all about like, did you turn correctly at the right spot? Did you cut the corner because that's cheating and you're out? You know, all that kind of stuff. And that was fun. I had a good time with that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't we cut off like in uh, in that hangar? We used the one part that was off, you know, off to the side. And we set up cones, and we were trying to fly around the cones. Yeah, so you're right. flying only like three feet off the ground, two feet off the ground, and you're going uh-huh. through cones and flying uh, like a figure eight. And that was kind of fun. You know, people, there was collisions, and people were flying. And and that was just – everybody was laughing. That's all I remember from that. Everybody was just having a hoot and howl. Well, that's the best kind of flying races. when everybody's, you know, having a good time and nobody's mad or, you know, they're, you're just out there just having a good time. And even if something does get messed up or destroyed or whatever, everybody's laughing about it. Well, you know what? They didn't get destroyed because, A, the models are so light. Right. Right? So even if you lost control and were screaming into the ground, it's like a leaf falling on the ground, you know, falling out of a tree. It is. They're made out of mylar. I think they're made out of mylar. So this may seem – Mylar. Out of what? They're made out of mylar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're just mylar. um, And then it's uh, a carbon fiber, like like one millimeter tube, like rods. Like bendy rod. Yeah, bendy rod. Yeah. Yeah. And just tape, and they're tape taped together and then they have like uh one of those like a brush they have a little brush dc motor mm-hmm. on them and that was it so it's and like a little board that you know it's like they, a, it, they weighed nothing it's like a microscopic used, uh, uh what, 100 milligram uh, milligram 100 uh, milliamp batteries oh, 120 wow. yeah. 100 yeah you know and it was they were, for 15 they awesome. minutes yeah. yeah it was it was good so it's a it's a so, microscopic so Mike, this might sound a little weird this is a this is a winter flying uh, um, episode. Episode, but but uh, I I want to turn this upside down. Like to me in in Arizona, it seems like the summer months because it's so bloody hot. Like you said, mm-hmm. that, that should be that's like your that should be like your winter flying. Like you guys should be doing indoor flying or something like that because at least indoors it's not maybe not a, a have air conditioning or something, but at least it would be reasonable weather to fly micros or whatever. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, no, I think that would be an awesome idea. The problem is kind of similar to what you guys have. It's so hot that everybody does indoor activities. So where normally uh-huh. your gym would be empty because the kids are outside playing, now they're stuffed themselves in the gym to do stuff that's in, indoors and air-conditioned. Weird. That's Which weird. It, is, it is kind of weird. Oh, I mean, oh so – I just thought you would let a skunk loose in there before you went. And then. <laughs> you, actually, you know what, Mike? It's funny you say that, but you know what the largest uh, summer activity is here in Arizona? Uh, swimming? Ice hockey. What? That makes yep. sense, though, actually. Yep. That makes good sense. I bet ice time is expensive, though, too. Um, you know, there's a place. Uh, my kid played it when he was really young. There's a place they have literally three or four ice hockey rinks all side by side. And that place huh. during the summertime is so packed. It is it is just packed. 
You can, you can barely get a parking space. It's funny because everybody goes in there and they're in these like they're sweating when they will leave outside, and then they come in here and they put on these big jackets, you know, where they're yeah right, <laughs> and they're like their parkas walking in, and then as soon as right before they walk outside, they strip down to just their you know swim trunks and walk back out. Sure, uh, but it is kind of funny, and and it is a big deal uh, here. As a matter of fact, we have the Coyotes. Uh, they're a hockey team, and and they um they practice over there huh. too, but. We have several ice hockey rinks here in uh, Arizona, but you are correct. For an RC guy, what we do is in the summer, we usually just fly earlier in the day. At night, because we're in the desert, at night the temperatures get down into the 90s as opposed to being 113 or 118 during the day. They will they will That's actually great. come down into the <laughs> 90s, which feels like it's cold, it's cool. I mean, it it's weird to have a 90 degree temperature, but there's no humidity. So it feels, it feels cool. And then we usually get up uh, and go fly at seven in the morning, uh, just as the sun kind of cracks over the dawn. Cause by nine, 10 o'clock, it's back up into the almost a hundred degrees. Sure. Um, sure. But we do have, you huh. do have to worry about your batteries overheating. That was one of the things Jay, when he first came down was really like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe my, the airplane only lasted like two and a half minutes. And he's like, what the heck is going on with that thing? And, I kind of laugh because the battery gets hot and when it gets hot, it discharges and it doesn't fly as well. You know, he's flying around going, man, I got two minutes out of this battery. This battery's like brand new. You really have to watch the temperatures, um, you know, make sure that you have cooling your ESC. I've had an ESC that quit on me uh, just because it overheated. Well, you, you were just talking, that's kind of weird because you're, you know, once again, we're flying in the winter and for us, it's the opposite, right? You have right. to keep your batteries warm. You know, like I said, we're yes. going out, it's 30 degrees or it's 20 degrees or whatever. And the big thing is you just can't take your bag and just sit it outside. You have to keep it in the car or you keep it in the, you know, like the shed, the, the warming hut or in your pocket. You keep, you keep the batteries in your pockets to keep them warm. And then you throw them in your plane right before you fly and then fly them. And then the good thing is, is that they warm up while you're flying. And then when you stick them back in your pocket, they, you know, it's a hand warmer too. So <laughs> That's like, right. A hand warmer. Use. The the other thing about you were talking, <laughs> the other thing you were talking about with the, the escapes overheating, although that's not a problem when, you know, flying during the winter, you were, you were asking the question, what happens like if it's really fluffy snow? Right. And as Mike was alluding to, AK Mike was alluding to, depending on when you belly land or, or whatever, and any slits that are, are cut open to f allow for cooling, for us, normally you have to tape them up. And if you forget to tape them up, you get all the snow jammed into the plane. Now, that's normally not a problem, but is that the escape is hotter than the snow and the snow melts. And then the, either the ice will, it'll form ice because if you go out and fly again, the melted snow will turn to ice on your escape or because it melts it. And if you haven't protected your escape, oh yeah, it shorts water, out because it's water. It'll short out your escape. Right. So it's one of those things you have to make sure you put some corrosion X on it, go out and fly or make sure you tape up all the holes so that you can't get any fluffy snow in there. Now, when you have like, like new snow and it's two feet and you crash your plane in it, actually you have a pretty good chance of getting it back because it just dives down in there. It's like flying and you have like high, high weeds and you crash mm -hmm. in the weeds and it just kind of right. cushions the plane. Sure. The snow does the same thing. The bad part is if it's a small plane, like one of those micros we were just talking about, you know, if it's, if it's 24 inches or less or, you know, two feet of snow and your plane goes into it, it's it's gone. You may not find that until spring. Yeah, finding it's a problem. You gotta wait till it thaws out. Yeah, well, because if you go out there, you're gonna be you know neck deep in snow or whatever, right? You know, at least hip deep right, in snow. Right. Trying to find yep. it could have dove down in like it's in water, right? But it's not like water. You can't see through it to see where it's at. So it could be yeah. you could step on it. So while you're looking around, so you, you step on it. See where it went <laughs> yeah. in. Crunch. Yeah, you might step on I it. Found or it. It goes. You see the hole where it went in, but now it went skipping. Right. You know, exactly. Five feet yeah. off to the right. So we, luckily we didn't have never, that much I trouble. About uh, that. Jay and I never had that much trouble. At least I hadn't, except for uh, that rad jet. I uh, lost the signal on it, and it went down in the snow in the trees. I proved my uh, finding skills there, boy, because I I think I went right to it almost. Didn't I, Jay? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was lucky lucky yep. find. Yep. Very lucky. You you talked about uh you know we talked about belly landing. Uh, we fly on skis in the snow, so that's right. fun. Yeah, that's why I was asking yes. Jay. This you fly? Have you flown? I on have. Skis? Yeah. Jay, uh, Jay gave me a plane that has oh, skis okay. and uh, two yeah, planes that have skis, and that's a lot of fun. It's 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 a little different though because you slide around with wheels. You're going to track straight, but with skis, mm -hmm. you're going to go the way the wind is blowing. 
the wind of the prop and the wind that's out there. A lot of rudder control, uh, which I'm not very good at, you know, just staying on the plane because it doesn't run down the runway straight, at least for me. Right. And it depends on the snow itself because right. sometimes if you have, if it warms up, like it, if it gets to be 35 degrees, you're like, oh, what a great day to fly. Well, the snow melts enough that it actually sticks to the skis. So you might have to actually put some wax or spray like cooking oil. You know, how it comes in a spray can. You might have to spray some Pam on the bottom of your Really? Plane. So it doesn't stick. Yeah. So snow doesn't stick to well, it. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Well, you know, or WD-40 or something on the bottom of it to just give some sort of an oil coating so the water, the melting snow doesn't stick to it. Or else your plane will actually stick. You put a full yeah. power and the plane will just stick, you know, yeah. stick there on the ground. It knows it. Yeah. Like, Come on, break free. <laughs> yeah, it'll nose in and stuff. So it's, so it's kind of weird. Or if you have a day where it's kind of one of those weird, usually towards the spring. So you'll have a day and the snow is like cruddy. It'll have a crust on top. So it's not icy, but it's crusty. And the crusty, so the crusty snow is not so good because it's kind of like flying off of 60 grit sandpaper. Oh, yeah. So you go, you have a nice model, you put it down, and it, you know, takes a little thing, takes off finally, and then you bring it back and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> and it's just All the bottom coats off the bottom. Going over that yeah. snow. Now, remember when uh, AK Mike, when we'd fly off of the, the lake, the little pond that was over by my house? Uh-huh. And we fly off. Now that was fun because if flying off of ice, that's a whole other game. That's that's well, really, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it would snow, so you'd have this. Uh, you'd have a lake, right? And it'd be all icy, but then it'd get this nice layer of snow on top of it too. So depending on where you were on the mm-hmm. lake, if there were drifts or not or whatever, you you could have ice or you could have snow depending on what uh, what was going on that day or the weather, the wind yep. or whatever. That's kind of cool. A lot of a lot of interesting that's challenges. Crazy. Now, the little lake you flew on, what do you do that with wheels or skis or both? Yeah, skis mostly, I both. think. Uh, I flew my uh, oh. I flew my skipper on that one a lot. Oh, yeah. The skipper doesn't have either floats or it's just a flat bottom. Right? Yeah, it's a flat bottom. Yeah, yeah it's just flat yeah. bottom. But like you said, when the flat bottom plane's flying it or landing on the – depending on what the wind's doing, like you could do these crab landings and the plane will fly, you know, go off sideways. And, and it's a <laughs> lot of fun to watch these things. Plus, if you could, you do full rudder and power – and they get the plane to spin around in a circle, at, you know, on the on the ice. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I think I think one of the guys I fly with is Bill. He has a flying W. It's a blue core, you know, flying W airplane. I think you can fly that thing off of this. That snow sounds or right. Water, yeah. Oh yeah. Well. yeah. My first blue yeah. core plane was a Drago, which is that's kind of where I got the love of the the sort of belly flying off the water, snow grass kind of. I really love that. Good, huh, that's good plane. That's crazy. Yep. Well. Uh, but that's just, amazing. Just, I was really saying. Go ahead. Uh, I was already say to you, just like flying off the water, flying off the snow is a lot of fun. It's just different. It, it uses a, lo- a little bit of the techniques from flying off the water, trying to get up on step, but it also depends on how icy or snowy or fluffy the snow is. So it's a whole different gambit when you're flying. But it's all fun. Well, I I totally get what you're saying about the 80 grit sandpaper because here in Arizona. Well, the in the in the winter time, the grass, what little grass we do do have, dies, and so you're just flying off of dirt and rocks. So if your airplane, <laughs> if your airplane belly lands, oh yeah, you pretty same. much eighty eighty grit, you know, sandpaper there. Oh too, yeah, so. definitely the same. I, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, it's fun though. I wanted to share real quick was uh, I've talked so I talked with a couple of guys about like their little stories about flying in the winter. Most of them yeah. they had a. Uh, uh, gasser stories. I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. I guess what it's hard to start a gas plane in the cold. That makes sense, right? Doesn't want to fire, whatever. Sure. Guys would do one of two things. They told me one was they would put the car behind the plane, behind their car, and get the exhaust going. So the hot exhaust would go and heat the engine up of the plane, <laughs> yeah. and then they would, yeah. and then they would start it. And then they would go ahead and fly after after doing that, so using the car exhaust. And another one was somebody's talking about how they used a butane gas thing. And I guess uh-huh. I guess the way they did it was uh, they would spray the butane in there. I, I wasn't really clear on this. Like I think they'd spray the butane in and then they'd light it and it would go 
whoosh. And then they would try to start their, you know, because it's kind of heated in a flash. I'm not really sure how that was all took. A, I, I didn't, I didn't ask any questions because uh, I was afraid no. it was going to turn into a, a very serious story. Um, that was kind of interesting about different <laughs> and, ways to heat up the. And then my plane was on fire, and then I called the fire department, and then the woods were on fire. I burned up my car. Like that kind of story. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, so that so that was kind of interesting how they did that sort of different things that they did with getting their gassers started, you know, with the electric, the only concern you have is you don't leave your batteries outside and that's it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, true. I was flying my, uh, flying my tough wing again before the holidays. I was thinking about just about that. I was like, Hey, you know what? This is good. I'll just race this thing along at hundred miles an hour and it'll never overheat. It's too cold out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. So it just stays yeah. cold and that's kind of good. I liked it. That's funny. I think that's one of the things that Jay, you know, was worried about in Texas that he, uh, he basically overheat. You never had to worry about overheating it, and now that you know here in Arizona, you got to worry about it all the time. Yeah, if I have an airplane sitting in the garage, or you know, even in the house, you can get you know a lot of heat that's generated up there, and so uh, you can you can burn up a battery or or burn up an ESC with all the the heat. Yeah, that's like what I was telling you before uh, the Chris uh, in the Christmas episode when we were talking about um, I would like to make some sensors, and that's one of the reasons why I want to make sensors. I would like to put a, a, heat, a temperature sensor in the plane so that uh, when I finally do come down to the lower 48, I will uh, get that thing to go. So. Very cool. Very cool. Well, if you are a winter flyer, we've kind of talked a little bit about some of this stuff. Uh, jump on our Facebook page and tell us about your uh, stories. We'd love to hear them. Give us a shout-out and let us know how, how we're doing here for Season 3. Um, it's, it's been kind of cool. I know it's, uh, summer's right around the corner for us. It, it's getting warmer, uh, just in January, it's getting warmer <laughs> for us. Was that a temperature? Uh, yeah. Was that a temperature yeah. joke, Mike? It's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's kind of a loaded question. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah, it was a temperature a, joke. Know, temperature That's good. Joke. But, yeah, whatever. You know, cause according to AK Mike, it is summertime, but you know, our temperatures that we're having, That's that true. would be his it's summertime. summertime. <laughs> Well, our hour's up, so we appreciate you joining us here at the Park Fire Podcast for our winter flying episode. Welcome to Season 3. We're looking for a great year in 2018 with a lot of fun stories and a lot of good uh, items to go with our podcast. Uh, Mike, as always, thank you for joining us uh, again today. We're looking forward to a good season with you as well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Jay, as always, it's a pleasure to uh, to have you here as well. Uh, from Arizona, I'm Michael. I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And this is Mike from Alaska. <laughs> no, that hills of Texas kills me every time. Jeez, guys. <laughs> but we love it. So uh, anyway, for all of our listeners at the Park Fire Podcast, have a great uh, winter or a great week, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. 